another celebrity pastor has stepped down from ministry. But this time, it's a rather unexpected personality. Matt Chandler has always been real solid theologically, kept a clean-cut image, has been sensible in topics like social issues and deconstruction, and he seems to have done rather well at managing a large platforms and keeping boundaries with social media. But yesterday, at his church, The Village, he dropped a bombshell and made the announcement, which led to some churchgoers in the building who shouted out they still love him, and other people on the internet gleefully rejoicing that another celebrity pastor has fell. So in this video, we'll be reacting to his announcement, the exact reason why he stepped down, and addressing if this situation is unique from other pastors, or if he joins the crowd of other celebrity pastors who've had shortcomings and indiscretions in their personal life. Bruce Lawn. First Timothy 3 lays out the requirements of an elder a pastor, an overseer of a church. It lays out how they are to live above reproach, how they are to have a blameless reputations with outsiders, and so many very specific things, being able to handle the word, be in sound doctrine. James chapter 3 tells us that many of you should not presume to be teachers because teachers and people who are in positions of spiritual authority are judged more harshly. Now, I personally don't know Matt Chandler. We have quite a few mutual friends, and we have corresponded once over email, but this entire story really did shock me in terms of this wasn't someone that I would expect to be in this position. So we're going to look at this video, but just to say this up front, guys, I don't fully agree with all of Matt Chandler's theology. I know there's been some issues with the Acts 7 to Acts 29 movement of churches that he's, you know, brushed around supposedly. I am not uh, in fully endorsing anything any pastor says, but Matt Chandler was not one of those guys that I would expect to see this from happening. So we're going to look at this clip. I'll give you guys my assessment. And does this fall in the line of all the other pastors or is this different? Let's check it out. So this is at the 21 mark right from the village church. And uh, let's, let's listen to what he says here. Hey guys. It, I know it, it just feels like, oh my gosh, what's coming? So, so let me, I'm, I'm the lead pastor of this church. I plan on being the lead pastor of this church for the next 20 years. So out the rip, he tells them, hey, look, I plan to be the lead pastor for the next 20 years. And to be clear, he has not permanently stepped down. He's taking a leave of absence and an indefinite leave of absence. That's the technical language they're using. So he's not uh, uh, completely disqualified himself or anything like that. So we're going to look at the actual details here right now. Um, but I do need to. It's harder seeing you. Several months ago, um, a woman approached me um, outside here in the foyer. Um, she had some concerns for how I was. DMing on Instagram with a friend of hers. Um, I, I didn't think I had done anything wrong in that. My wife knew that. Her husband knew that. Um, and, and yet there were a couple of things that she said that were disorienting to me. So he is saying that he got confronted by a member of his church who was friends with someone because of some 
text message, well, they're not text messages, DMs on Instagram, okay? And he said his wife knew, her husband knew. I think the details of these text DMs probably are significant to what exactly transpired. Were they really kind of innocent or was there some other questionable things here? I don't know if they'll release those or, or address those, but it does go to say something that someone personally came and confronted their lead pastor over this. Um, and so I immediately um, came into the room. I found chairman of the elder board, Jason Swords, found Josh Patterson, another lead pastor, and said, this is what this person just told me. Uh, and then I went home. Lauren wasn't with me that night. I told Lauren, this is what was said to me um, tonight. So here, he seemingly does the right thing. He goes straight to his elders, which is why we have elders. This is why we have overseers. This is why we have accountability in church. He goes straight to them. He tells them what was just said to him. He goes straight to his wife, says, this is what was just said to me. Again, if people looking at the text messages, is his wife looking at, the, at these DMs? I don't know. Is this him being preventative? Or is this him, oh snap, I'm kind of caught here? I don't know. I would hope and I would give him the benefit of the doubt that he's being preventative and saying, hey, I don't know about this. I don't think I did anything wrong here, but you guys take a look. Tell me what you think. I don't know. I don't know. But he does go to the elders and he does do the right thing at this moment um, in time. From there, uh, the elders began to look into because that's what they're supposed to do. Amen. Uh, because we cannot be a church where anyone uh, is above the scriptures and above the high heavenly call. Uh, into Christ Jesus. And so they looked into um, the, the conversation between me and um, this other woman, uh, and they had some concerns. Um, and those concerns were not that our messaging was romantic or sexual. It, it was that our conversations were unguarded and unwise. And unguarded and unwise. Interesting. The language here. So he's saying, hey, there was nothing romantic. There was nothing that was sexual in, in these conversations, but they were unguarded and unwise. And he kind of goes into more details here. Because I don't ever want there to be secrets between us. Amen. The concerns were really about frequency and familiarity. We believe in brother-sister relationships here. Um, and yet there was a frequency that moved past that, and there was a familiarity that played itself out in coarse and foolish joking. It's unbefitting uh, of someone in my position as a lead pastor and as an elder. I'm held to a higher standard and fell short of that higher standard. Um, so, so the elders have decided, and I think they're right, that my inability to see what I was in uh, probably has some revealing some unhealth in me. Mm. And I don't know if that's tied to the pace I run or the difficulty of the last six, seven years, but I agree with them. Um, and so in their grace to me and my family, um, they've decided, and again, I think they're right, um, to put me on a leave of absence um, uh, starting uh, immediately from preaching and teaching at um, the village church. So... Leave of absence starting immediately from preaching and teaching. The contents of the DMs, I don't know. He's saying, hey, look, uh, these were not sexual DMs. These were not things that was happening with a romantic twist. Th this was a frequency of DMs. So, gotta ask yourself the question, as a married man, would it be appropriate for me to just casually DM every single day with the same female? 
Probably not. Pastors are held to a higher standard. They are not supposed to be like everybody else that maybe somewhere, somehow a man could have a platonic relationship with a woman, keep it all casual. He's saying, listen, I'm held to a higher standard. The pastors believe that I'm held to a higher standard. And so even if there was nothing romantic or sexual in these text DMs, it still seems like there was something inappropriate at the very least with the frequency enough so where the elders stepped in and said, hey, you're going to take a leave of absence, stop preaching and teaching and, uh, and, and take a break. And he's saying, I don't know what this is tied to. Is he going too hard? Is he running too fast? Is he doing too many things? Is he not resting? So on and so forth. I don't know the particulars of it, but let's, let's see what else is said here. If I'm on, I'm just really embarrassed. Feel stupid. Thank you. Feel dumb. Feel like I'm embarrassing my wife and kids. Mm. Putting a ton of pressure on our staff. Feel like I've fallen short for you. And you might even be hearing, you might not be a Christian. You might be hearing me saying this like, what the H? But the word of God holds me to a certain standard. And, and I, need to, I need to live into that. And, and I fell short. And man, I'm, I'm apologizing to my family, to you, to all involved in this situation. And um, I, some things I love. I love that our elders engaged at the level they did. You know how easy this would have been to make it nothing and just let me not address whatever this is? Super grateful that the elders have loved us and walked with us the way that they have. Um, super grateful for you. I'm super hopeful for what's to come in the future, but but I need to breathe, uh, and that's both discipline, both discipline and development. Um, and so, man, in time, forgive me. I love you. Eager for the other side of this, whatever God has for us. And so, let me pray for us. So. Matt Chandler did a couple things well here. He set up an elder board to keep him accountable. There's other pastors that can communicate if something like this were to happen. He submitted to what the elders decided. How did he end up in this place? How bad was it? I don't think we know. I don't think we will know. Do you guys think that they should release this, these transcripts of these text messages, these DMs? Do you think that that's appropriate? Do you think it's necessary? Listen, I don't know. I don't think it's going to come out. I think this was a lapse of judgment, but it doesn't make it okay, and it doesn't make it in any way, shape, or form appropriate. We talk about this on the channel all the time. We talk about how as followers of Jesus, let alone pastors, that we are called to lead a quiet life, that, that our daily life may win the respect of outsiders. And that could be very difficult to do when you're on social media, when you're a public profile person, when you're in these different circles and there's a lot of attention on you. I think it's extremely tough. And so I've been advocating this for a while. Why are so many of us on social media? Why are so many of us so accessible? Why are so many of us all over the internet so often? I think a lot of times it's good for us to take a break, unplug. And so this is potentially a cautionary tale, right? In my personal life, I don't have Instagram on my phone. I haven't had Instagram on my phone in months, probably close to six months. It's one of the most liberating things. And even when I check it, I have to go through a browser, which makes the whole experience completely awful. And I would recommend a lot of us to reevaluate our relationship with these sorts of things, reevaluate how we're living our lives. Is it onto the glory of God or is it always locked into the matrix of social media and what's going on and all these different things? 
I think these things are problematic. I think they take up way more net negative effects than they give positive effects on our lives. And it's super unfortunate to see this happen to Matt Chandler. I am really hoping that what is said here is 100% of the case, that there's nothing else, that the no one leaks the transcripts and shows something totally opposite or inappropriate. But question for you guys is, do you think these text messages should have been, should be leaked and re- released or the, the, the transcripts of the DMs? Two, is there ever a time that you think it's appropriate for a married man to be DMing casually and frequently with another married woman? I think no. I think absolutely not. Now, that's not to say that I don't have female acquaintances or women that I've collaborated with on videos on this channel and featured and all that kind of stuff, but they're very casual relationships. We don't text. We don't share a bunch of details. These things don't really happen, and so I think it's supposed to be that way, and this all goes back to this question, and it's a question that many of us don't really consider, and the question in a deeper value and a principle is, what kind of boundaries do you have in your life? What kind of boundaries do you have with the people of the opposite sex in your life? What kind of boundaries do you have with people who maybe shouldn't have as much access to you as they do? What kind of boundaries do you have? Do you have healthy boundaries? Do you have parameters with your relationship with social media? How about just your relationship with with, with your phone? I think a lot of this is much more applicable to us than we like to give credit for. Yes, Matt is an elder overseer of a church. Yes, James 3, 1 Timothy 3, he's, he's, he's held to a higher standard. But that doesn't mean that we don't have specific boundaries that we are to live because who would ever want to be in a position where things are going well and then you're kind of forced to sit down. You're the starting guy on the on the on the team, you're the superstar and then I, you got it you got to kind of go and take a couple games off, take a season off. This is this is a very tough stuff that he's going to be going through. The ramifications of this on his family, the church at large, the folks at the village church. This is a lot here that they're going to have to process. So, those are my thoughts on this. I encourage you, look at this, reevaluate your relationship with social media, reevaluate your relationship with people of the opposite sex. What kind of boundaries are you keeping? People of the same sex that maybe shouldn't have as much access to you. And if you guys want to hear my uh, original video about Matt Chandler when he was on the Elephant Room talking to Stephen Furtick and when he spoke at Stephen Furtick's church, you can check these videos out right here. I'll see you over there, all right? Peace.